We hear a lot of perspectives on the Mankind Podcast. Inclusion of a guest is not an endorsement of their views, and the opinions expressed here do not always represent the mission or values of the Mankind Project USA. Looks like the rain has gone. G'day and welcome to the show where we are breaking the molds of modern manhood to prove there is more than one way to be a man. That's right, the Mankind Podcast. And today, this is a special episode as I am joined by my co-host, Boyson Hodgson and Paul Newell, as we interview leader emeritus of the Mankind Project, Dene Maria Sebastiana. Now, Dene is someone whom I've deemed the Yoda of MKP. This man has played a role in countless transformations. I'm talking thousands of men have been touched by this man and his work and his ability to hold space for a man to to allow that bloke with not just the love that he requires, but the ferocity necessary to snap something in or snap something out of him so that they can finally start to live their lives in integrity with themselves, with mission. This man, I believe, can balance or create harmony between the masculine and the feminine. And that's why he's here today. He's got a new book out called Fierce and Tender, which is about balancing those two energies that men are capable of, as well as to talk about how we can access the four foundational male archetypes into the sacred masculine. Now, if you've been following our series up until now, the previous five episodes have been with author Douglas Gillette, author of King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. He co-authored with Robert Moore. And we have dove deep into the archetypes, each of them, which ended with our episode on Axis Mundi, talking about how can we access all of the energies that we have access to through the archetypes without getting possessed by them. How can we stay centered and pull on the uh, the lover, pull on the warrior without getting completely stuck in them? And so this, I believe, segues beautifully into this episode as we talk about these energies, as we talk about Axis Mundi and as how we tie that all into the sacred masculine. Now, you may be wondering what is sacred about masculinity or what is sacred, <laughs> what is sacred masculinity anyway? So... You're with me in that one. I have been in this work a long time and I still haven't been able to wrap my head around that. But this interview, I believe, has finally given me what I needed. The Rosetta Stone, you could say, for understanding sacred masculinity as we dive into this interview with Dene Maria Sebastiana. Enjoy. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Mankind Podcast. We are your hosts, Brandon Clift. Paul Newell, Boyce and Hodgson, and we are joined today by Leader Emeritus, a man whom I call the Yoda of MKP, a man who has a humongous impact on this work, not just within the Mankind Project, but outside of the Mankind Project. We are blessed to have the presence of Dene Maria Sebastiana joining us today. Welcome, brother. Thank you. My great honor and pleasure. I get, I get giddy having Dene in any room, even a Zoom room, even though Dene and I have spent multiple, multiple, multiple hours together, it's it's still something that just gets me so excited. So, brother, thank you for being here. As we dive into, well, first, before we dive in, let's set the scene. Contextually, we are, this is the sixth episode, you could say, of a kind of six-part series. The previous five episodes of the Mankind Podcast have been on the male 
archetypes. We got started with the lover, we went to the warrior, magician, king. And as of the time of the release of this, we will have had our interview with Doug Gillette again to talk about Axis Mundi. What does it mean to be centered? What does it mean to be in the middle of all of these energies and not to get possessed by them fully, but be able to lean into those energies, strengthen those energies, create those deep relationships that we can use them and, and integrate them in our lives. Now we're going to be talking about the sacred masculine and how that all ties into it. But first things first, Dene, please take a moment uh, for those that haven't heard of you from you or the previous interviews we've had with you on this show, take a moment to introduce yourself and what's going on in your world. I know there's a mm. lot. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. Uh, my name is Denny Maria Sebastiana. I live in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, I initiated in May of 1988. In fact, in just a couple of weeks, I will have my 34th anniversary of my initiation uh, and how I have managed to navigate a relationship with the body politic of the New Warrior Network and the Mankind Project is a story unto itself. Uh, but our mutual commitment, the institution's commitment to this work and my personal uh, commitment to this work has made us uh, allies all along uh, I know the project has been going through a lot of stuff as we all have in these days and times. Um, I came to the work when I was 40 uh, and like many men before me and after me changed my life. Uh, it gave me, uh, helped me find a definition uh, of who I am and, and, and what I'm brought to do in this world. Uh, it has been my life work. Um, I've done many, many warrior trainings and leadership trainings, and I have a vibrant coaching practice. Uh, I just finished writing my first book, uh, Fierce and Tender, uh, Healing the Deep Masculine. Uh, it has been released this week on Amazon in Kindle and, and paperback. Uh, and I'm thrilled as fuck to to have it out there in the world. Uh, it's been a, a body of work since I've been writing as a young man. Uh, it took me 18 months to cobble all the pieces together. Um, it's, it's raw, it's real, it's vulnerable. Um, and, and, and I think it's powerful and hope, hopefully will, will open the hearts of, of many people. Uh, the other day when it released into, um, Amazon, um, I was twitchy, just twitchy as fuck. It felt like I had birthed something and I felt that emptiness inside me where it used to live. And suddenly there's an empty space inside. It's very much about the feminine in a man. And we'll hopefully get to that uh, today. Uh, I think it's the, the the next major shift in conscious attention uh, in this work. We've alluded to it. We've touched it. We 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 frame it when we open to our emotional literacy. But I'm not sure that we have a conscious referencing men have a conscious referencing to the feminine aspect in themselves as an energetic archetype. Uh, so I'm. It's out there. 
I'm going to bring forth some kind of marketing strategy, but my writing coach and publisher is really the boss of, of that piece. I'm just relieved and grateful and humbled uh, that I could put this body of work into the world, and I hope it, it, it awakens people. So thank you for inviting me here. It's always good to talk with you. Um, I'm yeah. good. Thanks. Thrilled as fuck. That, that is pretty much that you speak for me when you say that. <laughs> I'm, giddy. I'm giddy right now for this book. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm looking forward to this. That'll be that'll yes. be exactly what I'm doing once I get off this uh, this call is getting that. And just so you guys know, listeners, there will be a link to it in the show notes. And Dene, we already, already spoke about this. We're going to have you on very soon to talk about it and go into deeper depths of the book. But today, let's dive into the sacred masculine. Now, I'm, I'm excited for this because I myself, and I say this all the time, I am not an expert guru or anything of men's work, masculinity, manhood. I never claim to be. I'm just a lay person on the journey figuring this stuff out as a young man. And so when we get into the sacred, the divine, the mystic, when those words start to get thrown around, there's this analytical part of my brain that just kind of shuts down. Or no, it turns on and starts to kind of cut, try and cut through and no, give me the, give me the framework, give me the science, give me the data. But what I'm learning the more I get into this work is it really is bigger than that. But first things first, Dene, sacred masculinity. What are we talking about here? It's, it's a, a large question and I'm not sure that we can understand it in logical, rational terms. Um, I look at masculine and feminine more as archetypes, less as gender, less as sex, less as genitalia. Uh, I look at them as archetypes. There's a masculine energy and principle and ways of being in the world. And there's a feminine uh, energies and, and principles and ways of being in the world. And both of those are available in both men and women. Now, lately, I've been thinking about, you know, what role does hormone play? And that gets me all scrambled inside. So I try to stay away from that. There is something about men in the masculine and women in the feminine. But I'm trying to unlock that, that, that cultural attitude that we've had for so long that says the masculine is for men and not for women. When a woman is tough and hard, they call her a bitch. And when men are soft and tender, they call them a pussy. Somehow we don't want to cross over into the other archetype as if it you know, takes away something from a man's masculinity and a woman's femininity. Mm. So it, it, in and of itself, it's confusing. Um, so what is the sacred masculine? You know, I remember reading many years ago something about Confucius. And he said, the secret of life is to be true to yourself and to be good to others. And I look at, I always, I've always been drawn to the mystical. I've studied many religions. I practice none. Now, spirituality is my, is my religion, the connection between me and the divine. Um, and yet I'm grounded on earth. There's a connection to the feminine quality of mother earth. There's a connection to the divine quality of the spirit above. 
And I've come to believe that, that we humans, the human heart allows the heaven and the earth to talk to each other. We enliven the, the spiritual connection between the above and the below. So the sacred masculine to me is when I'm aligned between the heaven and the earth and all of my chakras, when my head chakra, my heart chakra, my gut chakra, my sex chakra, my energy that runs vertically, when I'm aligned, my feet are on the ground, my spirit is connected, my heart is open, my instincts are available, my brain is sharp and clear, and my sex energy or creative energy is alive and vital, I'm in my sacred masculine. Man. And when I'm in my sacred masculine and my heart is open, the feminine is available here. I think the feminine and man, the doorway is his, his, his feeling function when his heart is open and he's capable of tenderness and nurturance and compassion and care, which we attribute feminine qualities. That's when a man is in his sacred space. Everything is alive and deeply connected and resonant inside his vertical axis. And when we're clear here, we can be clear here. Where I'm clear in the eye, I can be good in the we. Mm. To be true to myself and to be kind to others. That's the paradox that I try to, to, to live with and find a balance of. If I'm wobbly on the inside, I'm going to be wobbly on the outside. So whatever the practice is, whatever brings us into awareness of our vertical alignment, and what, whenever we recognize that there is a, a disturbance in any one of those chakras, to, to reconnect to what is the disturbance, what is it that, that I'm misaligned with, when we come back in, we function from the sacred masculine into the world in a good way. Damn man, I'm so I'm digging you so much. <laughs> this is speaking my language right now because like because I I think that it's important that we as men have these conversations around energy centers and chakras and like alignment because when it comes to the sacred masculinity, as I'm hearing you say, this is an important piece as far as like our fulfillment and health and well-being, right? Just like as far as this clarity and everything being able to like being the highest order and us being this conduit of heaven and earth. And I'm curious, like in the chakra development, right? And like, when I say that for people that are like, what the heck is Paul talking about? Like these energy centers develop in certain ages in our life, right? So like, I'm, if, if I'm wrong, uh, Denny, but like, I think it's like up to the root chakras up to seven and then up to the, the sacral chakra, it's up to like 14, 15. And then the solar plexus is like 16 and then so on, like the seven stages of life, right? So I'm curious for you, especially like with your experience, like where is it that you see we've gone off? Because these concepts you're seeing are, are timeless, right? Like the masculine feminine. Where do you see like we have gone, we collective or men or however you see it, like have gone off the rails in your view? Okay. Big question. Um, my wife sent me a link, a YouTube link this morning to Pink Floyd's. Uh, they, they, they put together a piece with some Ukrainian or Russian 
young man singer. Um, and they did a, a video uh, of the music with, with photographs and filming of what's going on in the Ukraine. Um, and it broke my heart. Mm. It broke my heart. Where have we gone off? Men have not paid enough attention to their emotional body. Men have not paid attention to their feelings. Mm. Since the crib, we have been programmed to not feel. Good. To not show fear, to not show vulnerability. We've been programmed to be hard fucking soldiers. To give our body up to whatever the cause du jour is. And to die for some principle, which usually, usually it's a fucked up principle, but they make it noble and gallant. So young men go off to war fighting for their fucking country and killing people that they don't even fucking know. Our hearts have been closed. That's the chakra that is the, the weakest one in men. You know, George and I, we're, 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 we're lifelong friends. We're business partners. We do our workshops together. And, you know, we've done some day of deep process where we do carpet work for, for, for men. And we've come, to, we've come to a simple distillation of the only real question to ask a man on a carpet, where was your heart broken? Damn. Where was your heart broken? Yep. Wow. Because wow. when when we get our hearts broken, as we invariably do, we get wounded. Yeah. Every one of us gets wounded, and we shut down. As a as a child, we shut down. We have to shut down because we have no defense mechanisms to protect ourselves. Yeah. So we close the body. Doors come down. Boom. Doors come down. We have to, for yeah. survival. Yeah. It's not a conscious choice. It's an unconscious choice. And we have to do it. We trade in our authenticity. We trade yeah. in our feeling function in order to survive and win favor with those people that are in power over our lives. Mm. So mm -hmm. couple that with all of the imprinting that we have received since the crib, that it's not okay for men to show their feelings. This chakra is fucking dead. Yeah. So, you know, I try to think about Trump sometimes. I try to think about Putin. And, you know, I try to send blessings to their heart. Because when the heart is closed, we're capable of any kind of atrocity. Yeah. And we see what's happened over the last several thousand years when men are, are acting from some, some mental, some instinctive, some bigger cock than somebody else, when this thing is totally closed off, we're capable of all kinds of horror. Yeah. And just look at the history of men on this planet. You don't have far to look to see what the consequence is of men not having their hearts open. Well, yeah. uh, there's an interesting distinction I think that needs to be made here because where is masculinity being used most commonly today in conversation? in the context of times, toxic masculinity is what we're hearing 
And I've shared on the show my thoughts how this phrase has been weaponized and I think it's being misused in many ways. But we look at a common, you know, a common, the cultural concept of, of manliness kind of in the realm of toxic masculinity has been explained as it glorifies stoicism, strength, virility, and dominance. It's a man box. But between, out of stoicism, strength, virility, and dominance, there's only one that stands out to me that really is negative. Dominance. Dominance dominance stoicism strength virility i don't lump those with dominance i don't put those in there yet when you look at sake the sacred masculine you could define it as strength without domination leadership without Mm -hmm. force Mm -hmm. that's that's how narrow that's how fine the line is here right now of understanding this stuff and there's a reason why so many men are coming to me so confused and so they they have this misplaced shame they almost feel like oh god do i need to feel guilty for being a man in 2022 especially if i'm white and straight Mm -hmm. and it's 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 getting them in the work at least but the conversation the level at which we're having the conversation conversation is so misplaced and so harsh because we have these examples right now of generally men that are seeking dominance Mm -hmm. and that's such a great question who hurt you who hurt them Mm -hmm. who dominated them Mm -hmm. in their life that they feel they need to dominate others so do you think a man who has an open heart looks to dominate no (laughs) where do you think that imprint of domination comes from the uh, man box for me we're still and you know we're now in you know the the, the big chunk of the 21st century we still preach the same shit there's no there's very little uh articulation of what a healthy masculine looks like. Men are very confused about, you know, their own masculinity. And when Me Too came along and bless women's hearts, that message needed to get out into the world. And and I was shocked, not surprised, but shocked at the amount of disturbance and reaction that men had to the Me Too movement, talking about the actual personal consequence of men dominating mm-hmm. and 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 when the when the heart is open we're capable of wonderful things mm-hmm. when the heart's closed we're capable of horrible things so, so in every conversation that i want to have with a man about the masculine I make sure that his feeling function is open and online and conscious. I think that's the that's the the turning point in how we are in the world of whether this is open or not. Yeah, it's interesting, man, because like I'm thinking of several things over the past um, little bit. We talked about alignment, first of all, and then uh, something Danny, you mentioned when you first came on about the sex energy. And we're talking a lot about feeling an opening heart. And um, 
I'm curious to your thoughts about uh, how alignment in that sacral energy center, which is our sex and creativity center comes in. Because Mm -hmm. Brandon, when you said leadership without force, like a part of me was like, there was a glitch. I was kind of like, what does that even mean? And if men fail to have any sort of creative um, instinct, right, or access to creativity, like, hey, who hurt you? Or like, hey, who stomped on your creativity? Because like, if someone was like, playing playing this instrument is for this and that, and all of a sudden there's, or like, that artwork sucks, or what have you, whatever it is. I'm just curious, like, what your thoughts are on like that creativity and also sensory, like you talked about feelings, but like, what's a, what's your thoughts on like the sensory portion of like men's development with all this too? Nice. Good question. Uh, not an easy question to answer. Um, I'm sorry. I, I know. Well, I, was, okay. I was like, well, I, I had to ask you, man. This is a unique opportunity. It's totally okay. <laughs> totally okay. Um, when the heart's alive, when, 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 when we're vertically aligned, the brain is clear, the heart is open, the gut is awake. The sex may be active, but in, if it's not appropriative energy, then it's a creative energy. I look at that lower chakra as a creative, creative shock, creative space. It could be sexual, but it's creative as well. Um, when I was a boy, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and sex was open and available. Um, there was no one there to teach me. There was no instruction on sexuality for a man. There's no instruction on creativity. God forbid, you know, in school you take an art class rather than a shop class. Whoa. And you know, the, the labels that get slapped onto us. Yeah. Um, it's little wonder that with the programming and the media and the and it, it's so clear we're 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 told to be powerful, dominant, sexual, controlling. Mm. The the softer aspect of our skill set is really very little encouraged. Mm. So, you know, for me, you know, I came of age, I had zero instruction on sexuality. I, you know, I, I went to college in the 60s and I did what other guys do. So here's my personal story along this line. I acted from that sexualized place for a good portion of my life, actually up until I came into this work. My head and my cock were very connected. My heart was totally void. Yeah. I fucked and had no concept of what making love looked like. My hand is up. <laughs> and 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 I when I when I when I was sent to Chicago on a job assignment in, in 85, you know, I was acting from that place. And you know, mm. one, one I had a, a, a woman friend come out and visit me in Chicago, and we stayed in bed for a whole week. And after she left, I dropped into some huge depression. And I realized, wow, my heart wasn't participating in this. I didn't know how to bring my heart into a coupling with a woman. Wow. And I made a commitment. Yeah. I said, I'm going to be celibate. 
until such time as I can let my heart participate with my sex. Don't have to fall in love. Don't have to get married. Doesn't have to, she doesn't have to be the one, but my heart's got to open and feel something. Mm. Two years, mm. two years, I was celibate. And then I met the woman. That's my wife. Bless up. Bless I, up. I, I did the warrior weekend in early May of 88. By the end of May, I met this woman and my work, my men's work and my marriage have been intertwining for the last 34 years. Uh, bless up to you, man. And it was bless the first up. time that my heart really opened. And here's the danger. When the heart opens, the heart gets broken. Risk. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again for the people in the back. Oh. If we dare to open the heart, yes, we risk the heart getting broken. And when we're little and our heart gets broken and we shut it down, and as a boy, we're encouraged to keep that motherfucker shut down. The consequence you see everywhere on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If there's a singular, for me, singular concept of how do we bring peace to the world? Men opening their hearts. And in order for men to open their heart, they got to go back to where it was broken. I have to. And I've learned over time to really let let my heart get broken. And the, I look, I wrote this book, and I show I, I I show so many places where my heart got fucking broken, and I shattered. And yet, every time my heart shattered, it came back stronger. Mm -hmm. I think that you know, it's 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 counterintuitive, but the more the heart breaks and the more we navigate through the learning through our own heartbreak the stronger the heart gets it's kintsugi it's the japanese art of breaking <clears throat> breaking the pot and putting it back right, together with right, gold right. nice i haven't said anything yet i'm gonna i'm gonna step in here hey first of all may it be so i've got 17 years so i'm half on you I did the warrior training in 2004, got married in 2005. Kendra did her woman in power training three months after I did the warrior training. That intertwine that you're talking about, that's the shit right there. That's the shit. That's right. That's it. Well, I got to go all the way back to the beginning of this thing. You notice we haven't tried to think our way out of this. Every time we keep coming back to it's your body, stupid. Mm-hmm. It's your body, stupid. <laughs> go there. Go there. Go where in your body? Your heart, your balls, your throat, your crown, your wherever the pain reflexes. is. Wherever right. the pain is. Go there. So and and I gotta say, it's beautiful, Dene, to hear that the where was your heart broken, teaching men how to connect to their hearts. And here's where I'm gonna push back and I'm gonna be part of the audience out there is like, fuck that shit. <laughs> that hurts. Yep. No, yep. I don't want that. So here's what I think where men's work comes in and here's where where your beauty shines and our beauty shines in MKP is like we teach men how to help heal those places where it gets hurt. Because when you open your heart, like I saw you crying thinking about Ukraine. I could go there right now. Yeah when my heart is open that's the risk that i'm at every fucking day yeah. yep. 
And if I don't have the skills and tools in my body and in my community to help me hold that, to yeah. do that Japanese work, right? To put the gold in the cracks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. To put the, the gold in the cracks. And the key, uh, let's take it one step further. The key is opening the body to feel the feelings that we've never learned how to feel and what they are. Where in your life are you standing at a crossroads? What is the resistance that's holding you back? There is a circle of brothers waiting to meet you and stand with you in facing your next step. That is what the online crossroads course from the Mankind Project USA is about. Facing your resistance and stepping into your brilliance. See the show notes for details. My most, the most important piece of work for me on a warrior weekend and one when I was in Mexico that I did almost every weekend we did was feelings and I statement. Teaching men what happens in the body. Emotions are energy in motion in the body. There you go. My feelings are my energy that's vibrating in a particular frequency. Anger vibrates in a frequency. Sadness vibrates in a frequency. Fear vibrates in a frequency. And teaching men what each of those emotions are, how to recognize them in the body, and go when they when you ask a man, you know, so tell me how that feels. And he folds his arms and he puts his head and he looks up north. <laughs> no, that's the wrong place. Look down here. Mm -hmm. Down here in the body is where our feeling function is. Mm -hmm. And and for me, what I've learned is at the bottom, anger, sadness, guilt, shame, fear. Grief. grief grief is the, bo the bottom when we fall through grief when we fall into the river of grief and we let it have its way with us and we realize that we're always defeated by higher stronger forces than our ability to control and we surrender that and the heart opens and the tears flow and the water element flushes. I look at grief as a toilet plunger of the heart. It flushes out all the poison shit that the heart's connected and gotten hard around. It flushes out. And when we flush through grief, forgiveness and joy become possibility. So what I have come to believe and feel in myself is my medicine. You know, people ask, what is your medicine? My medicine is grief. It's been the greatest teacher for me of anything. When I was a boy in, in, in a street gang at nine years old, and I got the shit kicked out of me, and my father slapped me from, for crying because I, I couldn't take it, don't play with the big boys. He slapped me in the face. Those tears shut down at nine years old. Mm -hmm. And it was 20 years before I was able to cry. And when I cried, it came in fucking torrents. Mm -hmm. And today I look at my tears as the best part of me. When my heart gets squeezed and those tears come out, I'm fully alive. I'm not weak. I'm stronger when my heart is open and flowing. I can, you know, in 
there have been a couple of times where my wife and I have gone to the back. And I get on my knees and I open my arms and the tears are streaming down my face. And all I can speak is the raw truth of what's going on in me. Never do I feel more powerful than in that moment. Because I'm totally aligned top to bottom. Real power is vulnerability and truth. And I'm going to submit that that right there is the thing I can point at the moon. That's the, the finger pointing at the moon of sacred, right? That's sacred. Yeah. That alignment, that axis Mundi, bringing it back to the archetypes, right? Where those things get aligned and the, your toes are digging in the dirt and your crown is in the blue above. Right. Vertically That's the sacred. That's the sacred. Can I read a poem? Because I'm going to be going offline here, but I just yes. want to bring this one back because we've done this poem before, but here it is. The Well of Grief. Those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief, turning down through its black water to the place we cannot breathe will never know the source from which we drink the secret water cold and clear nor find in the darkness glimmering the small round coins thrown by those who wished for something else david white david white mm. thank you boyson so I, I have this, uh, you know, as we're talking about this and, and this sacred alignment, um, I'm curious to know what type of environment supports that alignment, right? Because like what you're speaking of here, Denny, is some powerful transitional stuff. And I'm sp speaking for myself. For me to be in that, man, I'm like, man, listen, you know, you can go ahead with that shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm good. You know, so until like I I get a sense of stability and environment. So I'm curious for you, like, what is your take on what type of environment creates that type of supports really that that type of sacred alignment for a man? You know, I remember the old days doing warrior weekends, and the men that came in were mostly middle aged men. Very few young guys came. The guys that came were desperate. They were lost. They were fucked up. They had tried this, that, and the other thing. Therapy doesn't work for a man because it's usually a woman and their wife that pulls them there. And rarely does it work for a man. And they heard about us maybe three times over the course of two years. And finally, they get the balls to fucking sign up and come and do a warrior weekend. And they fall apart relatively quickly. And we, in the beauty and the brilliance of the work that we do, we're not to put a man's, begin to put a man's pieces back together again. Bless up. Inside a contained space where it's safe for a man to rage all the fire that's in his fucking body 
and to weep all the tears that are in his fucking body. You know, like look at any moving machine as a combination of fire and water, one moving it forward, one, one cooling it down. That's how the body functions when it's, when it's fire and it's water in balance. My boy, so. So are we, our circles, our circles, you ask me where, our circles. When do men come into circles? Well, these days, men are finding their way in the absence of the Warrior Weekend, men have come to circles online. And now that they're opening up, men are gonna go to the, to, to the weekends, I think in record numbers, at least I hope, and our, circle, and our circles will expand. Man can't, a man, can't, a man can't go to just any place and right. open to this and acknowledge and be vulnerable enough to admit, I'm stuck here, I'm stuck here, I'm stuck here, I'm stuck here. We don't, we, we, we're not allowed to admit that we're weak. The man box won't allow it. So when a man comes into our circles, you know, and we say to him, something that he's never heard anywhere from any man. Your rage and your tears are welcome here. When does a man ever fucking get that invitation other than through men's circles? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, here's where it gets dangerous. They get that invitation from tribal groups, which in today's context is those groups that live within the binaries that live on the extensions of those binaries, the extreme groups in media, we know them as the extreme left or the extreme right, but they're finding connection through a mutual disdain through a common enemy. You could say those aren't circles. Those are arrows. Yeah. And a common pain and common pain and generally a centralized figure mm. at the head of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we're talking about here is connection through a circle. Yes. That's not vertical. It's not vertical. Great point. Great point. Yeah, Bringing it. What, the, the most beautiful thing of our, our weekend is any man can call any other man out in that circle. Mm -hmm. yeah. A rookie well, can call the full leader of the weekend out into the center of a circle and say, you motherfucker. Mm -hmm. How many men's places have that capacity yeah yeah and it's and it's stable and it's stable i think like that you know listen we're talking about this thing i want to i want to emphasize that piece because sometimes I, I actually sometimes i take for granted what we have in the work right so the ability to be able to call out someone that could appear as like this hierarchy and it's safe to be instead of it like, what are you doing? No, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, man. Speak your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's not oh god. He's, man. He's, That's he's, like power. finding the voice. Because before Denny, you were talking about like the throat clearing the throat, like heart. Now, if I start to align and I'm really coming from my heart and I'm saying something that's true, damn man, pew, it's it's going and it's powerful and it's resonant and it's real, it's raw. I catch, I catch my I catch myself in that story, you know. Some of you know I'm the national enrollment coordinator, so I 
I'm in kind of the back end scene. I'm starting to see things and I'm sitting with men that initiated with you, Dene, and hanging out with guys that have got a hundred trainings under their belt. And I still catch myself going, well, you know, they've got a hundred trainings and they've got these titles in, in the organization, blah, blah, blah. And they're going, dude, talk to me. And I'm like, blah, <laughs> and I let it out. And they're like, thank you. That was a blind spot I wasn't aware of. It's it's so powerful. And something I want to, that we, we've touched on, but haven't necessarily like highlighted Dene, in 2019, I went through a pretty rough breakup and you were there for me. You, you coached me through that. And that's where you introduced to me the energy centers, the head, the heart, the gut, the cock. Still a practice today in my journaling. I go to my head, I go to my heart, I go to my gut, I go to my cock. I ask them questions. I take my toughest questions and, and each energy kind of has its answer. The head will be like super judgment and blah, 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 story, story, story. And the heart's like, and it makes me feel this way. <laughs> like very archetypal and yes. how, how I go through it. It's pretty cool. Exactly. My, my gut and uh, sexual areas are usually the ones that have the answer, but you, you had me read a book, a book by Robert A. Johnson, Lion with the Heavenly Woman. Yep. And man, did that, if that wasn't biblical for me <laughs> in the timing that you introduced to me to that book, and it helped me out and just kind of my understanding and premise of the book. It's been many years since I read it now is that for us to be able to find the energy in a, in a partner, in an intimate relationship that we want, we ourselves have to go there and identify it. We ourselves have to go there. It's not, I'm a half looking for another half to make a hole. No, I'm a hole looking for another hole to find a hole. And so how this relates to my question, the problem in our dangerous and fractured world, it seems, is that people have people that have masculine traits, we value masculine traits more than we value feminine, right? In men. In, in, in men. In men. In men. But, but we have, I think we overvalue the masculine, undervalue the feminine. And this throws what we know as yin and yang and balance. It throws it off. It throws off this energy. We have mostly men in power that in my judgment, don't have access, haven't taken the journey to get to know the feminine. So here's my question, which I think we've already answered it. Can you access the sacred masculine if you haven't been journeying into the feminine? No, I don't think so. And I say this in my book, I think that, you know, for a man to step into the sacred masculine, it has to include the feeling function. It has to include our tender, vulnerable qualities. It has to, because it's part of being human. It's inhuman to shut down our feelings. It's inhuman. We do inhuman things when we shut down our feeling function, we shut down our capacity to care and connect with somebody else that's a different gender, that's a different color, that speaks a different language, that worships at a different church, that has sex with different kinds of people. We, we, we judge those that are different from us because we don't connect to the heart. The heart is the, the part of us that allows us to feel the oneness. We can't feel the oneness unless the heart's open. And that's a journey that takes work for a man in this time in history 
It takes work it for a man always, to do that. Always, always, always comes back to the work. The work. This is exactly because- what Doug and I have been talking about over the archetypes. It's like, here's some great concepts, right? Here's a great framework. Here's some great traits and characteristics we can give to these energies, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. But you can't just understand it in your fucking head. Do the fucking work. And guess what? Every person listening right now that doesn't want to, and it's fucking scary, I empathize with you. And I get it. It's hard. The work is hard. But the rewards are so incredible. Astronomical. Astronomical. Look at your story. Look at Boyson's story. My story is the exact same. If I didn't do my work, I would not have Christine in my life. Full stop. She met me in 2015. I was not a pretty picture. (laughs) She knew me then. (laughs) That's before I did the work. And she, she and many other people who knew me before the weekend say it's night and day. What self-awareness and the work will do to a man that can stand on their own two feet. They don't blame the world. They look at responsibility. It's responsibility. Mm. Wow. I'm telling you right now, Dene, I've told you this. You're, you're, you were episode three, a man's guide to emotional intelligence. And it is the third highest downloaded episode out of all our episodes. And I have a feeling this one's going to jump up right next to it. Cause well, my, my book is my story in all of this, how I came to this point. What's the name of your book? Fierce and tender healing the deep, healing the deep masculine. You look up fierce and tender. You look up fierce and tender on Amazon. You'll find it. Yeah. Now, as, as you mentioned that, I'm remembering a question I have for you because when you said that in your intro, I was like, there's got to be a story behind that. So I'm curious, what is the story behind you selecting the title of Fierce and Tender? I think I have an idea and I'm, I'm still curious. Well, to me, Fierce and Tender are the two words conjoined because the key word is and. Mm. I don't, fierce is a masculine quality. You see a, a, a mother bear or a woman whose baby is stuck under a car and she lifts the car. That's fierceness. Yeah. So it's not only belonging to men. It's part of the masculine nature of our humanity. Yeah. Mm. When we take the fierceness of the masculine and combine it with the tenderness of the feminine, and we bring that yin-yang principle embodied, right. because the heart is the only place that knows real fierceness and tenderness, right. It's not here, it's not down in the gut, it's not in the cock, it's not in the gun. Fierceness is the capacity to speak the deepest, hardest truth and put it out there. The fierceness of the masculine and the tenderness of the feminine conjoined, I believe creates our wholeness. And that wholeness is inside and it's resident in my heart. And in any given moment, I have access to either one of those archetypal energies and given the circumstance, I will know how to appropriately respond to the stimulus with the appropriate energy, whether it's archetypal, whether it's masculine or feminine, or that's all the same thing. Yeah. 
We spoke before about strength, virility, stoicism. Healthy masculinity is in the absence of the traits that we have labeled in toxic masculinity. It's not the absence of, it's not femininity versus masculinity. It's the joining of them together. It's the both. It's got to be the both. And fierce and tender, mate, I'm telling you right after this, you'll see my name pop up in your purchase history. That's, oh, mate, I can't wait to dive into it. Dene, I want to ask you a question as we wrap up. Yes, okay. Favorite question of mine. I'm giving you a magic wand. All right, reach out. I'm going to give it to you right now as you drink your coffee. There you go. You get to wave this magic wand. And this book or your impact on men's work and the world gets to have its full impact. And we're not saying, we're not, don't be modest here. You literally get to bring this into existence by waving this wand. What does that impact look like? For me personally mm. or for the world? Both. Well, you know, I wrote the book from, you know, a place of vulnerability and humility and, you know, as deepest truth as I could. And, you know, towards the end, you know, I said, you know, this book may sell a dozen copies. It may sell 12 million copies. I have no control over what happens. I gave birth to this. It's my deepest truth. It's in a language that I think men and women will respond to. Will it go somewhere? Will it be a New York Times bestseller? I sure the fuck hope so. There's nothing that I would rather do than be on the road talking about men's work to place after place after place. My writing coach is producing a reality TV series in Hawaii in October. I'm scheduled to be in that program. What happens from there, whether it's video, whether it's workshops like Desert Wisdom, whether it's my book and going on the road and talking about men's work, God, please give me that responsibility. I'll be the happiest man in the world to talk about this work any place and every place that'll listen to me. Just like this. Just like fucking this. So it is. So Then the call to action is clear. And I want to hear the impact on the world, Dene. But the call to action is get your hands on this book. Everyone listening, there will be a link in the show notes. Get your hand on this book. That helps make that a reality. If you've gotten any value out of this episode, that's the fee. Can I say, um, I just had to say, Danny, um, this is the first time that I have really heard and like connected with you in this way. And your energy and passion and wisdom, insight, just rootedness is tangible, brother. Golly. I'm like, man, I'm excited to see this book, brother. I'm excited to read it. I'm blessed. Blessings to you, kid. Bless up, bless up, bless up to you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. And what will, will it change the world? Magic wand, Dene. You know, I learned from Trump and from COVID that the world is not my business. 
that I cannot change the politics. I cannot open Putin or Trump's heart. I cannot have them see what I see and believe and feel what I believe and feel. I have no control over that. All I can control is what goes on in me here and what I put out here. So I put this book out into the world. Will it change the world? I don't know. It's certainly hope that it will begin to open people to look at things in different ways. I have no control over that. All I can do is my work. All I can do is speak my truth in the, in the place that I, that I am. And the rest has to take care of itself. I've learned and I've come to believe I'm, you know, I'm, I've had some health challenges the last several years and my body is challenged. And I realize that I am an elder now and I'm in the last quarter of my life. Will I see the promised land? Will I cross that, you know, that, that, that spiritual river? I don't think so. I don't think in my time I'm meant to see it. But what I have come to terms with is that I'm just a plank on the bridge and I wanna take my place on that bridge and hold it steady for men to walk across me that my sons, I pray my sons will see the promised land when men and women have found peace and love where the Piscean age is finally fucking over and the Aquarian age is opened and we see heaven on earth. I can feel it in my heart. I can't always see it in my eyes, but I can feel it in my heart. I know what that feeling feels like. When I'm in those moments when my heart is so tender and I feel so connected to everything, even in a moment when I watch the Pink Floyd video and feel the pain of the world, I'm willing to feel the pain of the world because it fills me with, with, with fullness. So I, I don't know. I'd surely like to get, you know, when I, my writing coach first tasked me with designing my book jacket, first thing I put up on the top of it, New York Times bestseller. Hey, why nice. not me? Why not me? Right? That's right. That's right, David. That's right. I think Love I'm television ready, no? Oh. Hell yeah, you are looking fresh. Can you give me can you give me permission to share screen? Yeah. Um, and what we'll do, go ahead and share screen. I'll show you my book jacket. Oh, beautiful. Oh, I love that. Wow. Wow. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. This is so fresh. Beautiful, brother. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Got Mark Green on there, too. Nice. Wow. 
Oh, Mark. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. Wow. I mean, oh. if I'm walking through a bookstore or perusing online and I see this, this right in front of me, yeah. would I not want to take a look at this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. That picture is so freaking tight, man. Yeah. The whole energy on the, oh, I like it. A memoir of an urban medicine man. Bless up, man. I love it. I love it. Yes, man. Wow. Beautiful dinner. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Congrats. Oh, Oh, just just the... The condensement, just condensing Dene. It, it's like you're giving us more access to you. Because I'm one of the men who throw your name around so much. I know Dene. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ah, nice. But yeah. like Paul, I mean, you've heard Dene's name for how long, right? So, a long, long time. So, so for us to get access to you and this wisdom and this experience is beautiful. So what I've done is I've, I've time checked. So at that point of sharing the thing, we know in the audio for the podcast, it'll be cut. So what I'll do is cut back in for the recording and we'll just do like a checkout. How's that sound? Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful. Okay. Three, two. Well, I'm complete. What about you, Paul? I'm ready. I'm good. Feeling nice. <laughs> Boyson, uh, Boyson checked out early. Um, so let's just take a moment to, with this energy, with this space, check out. So Brandon, known as King Chimp, checking out with just feet in the earth, mud on my face, and then you know what that means. <laughs> mud on my face. And... Just feeling it's this work, it's these conversations when people ask, what does the work look like? Or the work is hard. You know, oftentimes it's just having conversations like this. This conversation today has been the highlight of my day. And that's work too. It's not always shadow worshiping. It's not always getting stuck and granular and the deep, dark, icky stuff. Sometimes it's both and. Sometimes it's just celebration of the beauty and the gold that's within each of us this work is so rewarding and something that i love more than anything it's one of the reasons why this is really one of few things in my life that i'm very 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 embedded in outside of my relationship with christine is we're not going to tell you how to think we're not going to tell you how to feel we're not going to tell you what's right or wrong We're going to invite you into a conversation first and then we're going to invite you to feel and we're going to invite you into the work and with a group of men, with a circle, with a community, we get to lighten the load. We get to pave the way. We're not going to do the work for you, but we're here for you. The work's waiting for you and there is a circle for you. Say yes. I'm out. Paul. Thank you. Uh, Checking out, um, feeling rooted and uh, feeling like I'm a part of history. Uh, (laughs) Like we'll be able to look back on this uh, podcast and be like, yo, remember, yo, Danny did predict it would be New York bestseller, New York Times bestseller. So (laughs) I feel like I'm a part of history right now. 
and um, and uh, really, really grateful for you know the wisdom of the uh, life lessons that we've collectively gone through to help us be able to support other men in their exploration of of their highest alignment and sacred alignment. So I'm I'm just I'm grateful for this space, Denny. It's it's been an honor and um. It's been such joy, man. Even your voice is freaking fresh. <laughs> like, that's so awesome. So, anyway, so listen, I'm excited. Blessings to you all. Blessings to all those that are hearing, the, hearing this podcast. Allow these words to come into your mind and into your body and spirit. Allow them to resonate and then figure and get curious as to where it's resonating in you. And I'm out. Uh, Danny Maria Sebastiana Sunbear. Um, This has uh, this opportunity here to be with you and talk like this has uh, opened me from a, a three-day funk. Since I put my book out there, I've been in the dark side, in the self-doubt, in the uncertainty, in my own smallness, in my own sense of limitation. And then I get a chance to talk about the work and to talk about the work inside me and you know what it has done to me what it has done for me the way i've been able to contribute to the world in some hopefully meaningful way it it reminds me of who i am because i forget oftentimes and my shadows grab hold of me and i forget who i am i get inflated i get deflated either it's the ego's territory on either end of that scale Um, and here i get to feel both proud which is a healthy part of inflation and humbled, softened, realizing that I'm just a vehicle that God put on this earth and I've worked hard to get to this place. Um, And it comes through me more than it comes from me. And I realize that more and more. Um, I pray that, uh, that this book goes somewhere and I'm able to speak more about this work to more places. Um, that would be a dream come true. In the meantime, I lay myself down as I plank on that bridge and I do what's in front of me and the rest is out of my control. Thank you for having me. Both of you, thank you so much and voicing as well. I'm out. have it another powerful episode of the mankind podcast man i i always revel in the opportunities to get to spend time with dene his oh just that energy how we can balance that the loving tenderness that we all often need as men but also come in with the hard stuff like the hard truths that aren't always aren't always easy to assimilate digest accept This man is a healer. He is a lighthouse for many. And if you want to get your hands on his book, Fierce and Tender, Healing the Deep Masculine, there will be a link in the show notes where you can get your hands on a paperback copy or it's also available on Kindle. Well, I hope you've enjoyed 
the previous couple episodes as we've dove into the archetypes with Doug Gillette. We've spoken about how to find your center through Axis Mundi, and now we've tapped into the sacred masculine. And look, just know, some of these concepts aren't always the easiest to grasp onto. I mean, I myself, I am hosting this show and I myself get confused sometimes by the intricacies or the, the, the depths of the esoteric kind of stuff that we cover here. But just know, there's, if there's just a little bit that you can grasp onto, a tiny little thing that you can apply pragmatically into your life, just start with that. Men's work, that path is not linear, all right? It's messy. It always will be. We can't remove the humanness out of this process as we go along our men's work journeys. And so I want to honor you for being here. I hope you can find that little nugget to apply to your life going forward. And if you found some gold from this episode, be sure to share it with those that you love, those that you care about, or those that you feel like it will directly impact them. Perhaps they need this message from this conversation today. That's enough for me. I look forward to joining you guys next week as we continue to break the molds of modern manhood to prove there's more than one way to be a man. Lots of love. This has been another episode of the Mankind Podcast, produced in association with the Mankind Project USA. We have been your hosts, Paul Newell, Boyson Hodgson, and myself, Brandon Clift, and we want to thank our guests for joining us today and imparting their wisdom from their experiences in this amazing journey called life. If you want to find out more about today's guests and support them in their mission, you can find links to them in the show notes. Now, if you have found gold and insights that you believe could benefit your loved ones and those you care about, be sure to share it with them. And of course, we are always grateful for a rating and review of the show on iTunes. Now, we've got to give special thanks to our back-end team, producer, editor, and audio ninja for the show, Michael J. Russer, and Don Huff, who takes care of our graphics and promotions and pretty much makes us look pretty. So, of course, thank you, Don. Now, above all else, we've got to thank you, the listener, because through your attention and your support, you have made it possible for us to let men all over the world know that they are not alone and that there is more than one way to be a man. And if something in this episode has touched you, then perhaps it is the call to action to get involved in men's work. With live trainings happening constantly and in-person trainings happening all over the world, the Mankind Project definitely has something for you. Now, if you've enjoyed the music in this episode and all of our episodes, be sure to check out Jim Donovan and the Sun King Warriors. I have links to them in the show notes. And lastly, just know what it means to me to be a man is completely different than what it means for you what it means for Paul, what it means for Boyce, and that is the beauty of this journey. So if you are looking for guidance, support, and community as you begin to unpack and dive deeper into your men's work journey, then you know where to find us. Same place, same time, next week. Lots of love. We'll see you then.